Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business Podcast. I am Steve Cox, joined as always with Nick Smith. And Nick, we have a very wonderful topic that we're going to be talking about here today. Something that's on the minds of pretty much anybody if you're looking to move to the area or recently moved here, um, and that is workforce housing. That's right. And it that's is right. it is one of the biggest factors that is having an impact on recruitment for our businesses right now. Um, I know that we you know heard an anecdotal story uh, the the other day about uh, someone who who moved down here from a northern city and had to buy a smaller house than what they had for more money. And so they moved back to said uh, northern city. So um, it, it is having a, a tremendous impact, and we're very lucky today to be joined by Duke McClarty, the executive director for Groundwork NWA, who is tackling this issue head on, really excited to learn about the work that they're doing and what, what can be done to help uh, address this problem of workforce housing here in our area. But first, let's hit some new stuff. That's right. That's right. We've got a lot of news that's been happening here recently, of course, with the end of the year you're going to come across a whole bunch of companies trying to get some of those uh, big news items out. And one of the big ones that came out this week, Walmart stores nationwide will be lowering the lights, turning off the radio, and changing their TV walls to a static image for daily sensory-friendly hours from 8 to 10 a.m. Local time that's actually going to be happening nationwide as well as in Puerto Rico. Uh, which was a pretty significant thing that they just announced. That's uh, They've been planning this in coordination with a bunch of neurodivergent advocacy groups. Mm -hmm. Really big deal, something that I was uh, really appreciative of, having a, a younger sibling who's uh, definitely going to be taking advantage of those sensory-friendly hours. Uh, something that's just really cool, I think, that they're doing. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, another thing that came out, the sleep experts uh, nationwide have actually just released a report against switching clocks for daylight savings time <laughs> this obviously being a big deal since this past weekend we just fell back to uh, gain an hour which every parent across america is either loathing or happy about but i'm pretty sure they all hate the spring if we're yes. really going to be honest about it uh one of the things these sleep uh the sleep experts actually came out and said was uh there were two reasons given for wanting to be against daylight savings time switching to dsd actually goes against our natural circadian rhythm which leads to higher rates of health issues like mood disorders and mental performance and secondly specifically with spring forward in march leads to higher rates of heart attacks strokes and car crashes so why car crashes uh my guess is uh, road rage. No, I think it's uh, most likely it's probably just to do with you're losing sleep, you're sleepier, yeah. and you know I, yeah. I'm sure they've got all sorts of uh, uh, data to back that up. But yeah, it's so we now have sleep experts saying that we shouldn't be switching back and forth all over the place. So. You know, just throwing that out there for yeah. Congress or whoever else has to fix that. Just, just saying, just saying. <laughs> or just move to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, the uh, the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, that's ASRM, has expanded the clinical definition of infertility. That just happened earlier this week. This will most likely lead to an expansion of benefits, namely fertility treatments, that will be covered by insurance. So that was a really big thing that just came about. They're looking at probably uh, probably changing those things, moving into 2024 as. Uh, infertility has obviously become something that's uh, addressed by more and more people throughout America as our population grows. Uh, the expansion of those benefits specifically covered under insurance is pretty significant. We uh, mm -hmm. uh, think that's pretty neat. Last but certainly not least, the Chamber is bringing back one of the region's most popular events, our Sips on the Bricks event happening in downtown Rogers on December 2nd. Make sure you buy your ticket today. They are going very, very fast. You'll want to go to rogerslowell.com. On our slider on the homepage there, there's actually something that you can uh, click on to take you straight to it. For those who don't know, just a quick overview. Essentially, it's a bunch of downtown businesses who are going to be hosting locations for you to come in, try some fall and winter
winter uh, uh, holiday-themed drinks. drinks. Yes. Uh, there's going to be a poker run. There's going to be a, a bingo, a location bingo game that they've got going on. Costume contest. Costume contest. Uh, first uh, 250 people that show up are going to get an item of swag, like a collectible uh, stamp or sticker. I don't know exactly which one, but I will let you all know I'm as sure soon as we can. I'm sure you will be the one to design it. <clears throat> Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I think Skylar may be taking care of that one. Either way, it's going to look great. So we want to make sure that you all are, are in on that. Again, Sips on the Bricks. Head to rogerslowell.com so you can sign up today. All right. We're excited uh, about Sips on the Bricks. I'm actually recording a uh, Mission Minute about that coming That's up right. here. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking about workforce housing today, like I said. And workforce housing is a term that is used to describe housing that is affordable to house, households with incomes between 60 and 120% of the area median income, or AMI. And Duke, if I'm saying anything wrong, please let me know. <laughs> you, you, you got it. You're the expert here. <laughs> you got it. So, but uh, this includes mainly middle class workers, such as teachers, first responders, um, you know, health health official or health uh, healthcare workers. The folks who keep society running. Exactly. You know, yeah. the, the, the true essential workers. <laughs> um, and so it, it includes a lot of that. And in recent years, the co- cost of living, specifically here in Northwest Arkansas, uh, for housing has risen much, much faster than than wages. What We had good news that wages rose 16 percent between 2021 and 2022. Housing was about 30 over that time. So, yeah, it's definitely definitely an impact that that's impacting here in Northwest Arkansas. And as we continue to grow, it's just, you know, we're needing the land to build. We need, you know, more density. We need more multifamily options, um, things like that as our people continue to move in at, you know, 37 to 40 people a day moving to our area. So, um, what this does is it forces people to have to move outside of their communities, have to have longer commutes, which then impacts quality of life. And, you know, it takes money out of the local economy because if they're moving away from Rogers or northwest Arkansas to another part of the of the state for affordable, more affordable housing, then they're not shopping at your local stores. They're not taking advantage of the sensory hours at, at Walmart anymore. So uh, we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to help address this. And so, again, we are very excited to have Duke McClarty, the executive director for Groundwork NWA, who was, who was taking this on. So, Duke, little little bit, uh, little little bit of a shock when you came in. You didn't know we had an actual professional no, setup. This is, this thanks is to nice. our wonderful sponsor, PodcastVideos.com. This That's is, right. This is That's nice. Right. I uh, probably would have uh, put on a different shirt and brushed my hair. <laughs> but you're, but, you're branded uh, though, so you're good. Well, I'm not. I'm oh, not. I thought, yeah, it's I thought the, that was a groundwork logo. No, no. I we'll sh- get that. I, we'll that. get that in post. You're yes, fine. Yeah. We'll fix it. <laughs> Just a little CGI. Yeah. Um, no, thanks for having me. Um, you're right you know I, i've um i think we, we are defining workforce just slightly different i think okay it, most terms uh do define workforce housing as 60 percent to 120 mm-hmm. we're at we've actually dropped down and are defining it 50 percent to 100 percent ami um, that makes a lot of sense the reasoning is uh you get into more federal subsidy programs mm-hmm. when you get to that 50 percent level gotcha so we wanted to be sure that our focus could include partnerships with those programs that's, as well that's smart. awesome um yeah. and you know i always like to take that percentage though and put some a dollar figure to it yes. yeah so this year this, this is for a family of four who makes between $92,000 a year and $46,000 a year. Um, the professions that you outlined are, you you took my talking points and, and <laughs> uh, you know, used it for your, your uh, opening. And th- that's exactly right. I mean, we talk about our teachers, our firefighters, mm-hmm. um, our care professionals. Um, it's also recent college grads. Yeah. You know, these are... 
in most instances, people who society made a promise to them yes. and said, you go to school, you know, you learn a trade, you take on this profession, you will make this salary, and this is the life that you can be afforded in this region based on on that mm -hmm. on that standard. Um, and unfortunately, w Northwest Arkansas as a society isn't able to hold true to that promise right now, right? Because our real estate has just exploded. Um, it, it's it has done so nationwide. Um, yes. You know, this is not necessarily a Northwest Arkansas phenomenon. But what is unique, and you highlighted the, the growth numbers, and I think this is, as much as I'm working for the folks that are already here in the workforce and the folks that we rely on every day, mm -hmm. I'm also focused on the 400,000 new residents to Northwest Arkansas that are coming in the next 21 years. Yes. And the growth and, and, and the, the built environment that is going to welcome those 400,000 it's what we're building today. And so we need to be very intentional about where it's being built, how it's being built, how it impacts our day-to-day -day lives. You know, um, where are 400,000 people going to go? <laughs> that was my next question. You know, given, <laughs> given our current development patterns. Mm, right. Our current development patterns are pushing us further and further west. Mm -hmm. um, our roads and infrastructure aren't out there in a meaningful way to, to sustain this. Mm -hmm. So now's the time that we um, need to start thinking about what some of those solutions are um, that will ensure you know our lakes, our rivers, our green space is preserved, our trails are still accessible. Um, and you know I feel um, I feel the weight of this work, <laughs> uh, especially between the hours of two and four in the morning um, as I'm laying in bed thinking about it, but um, I'm honored to be taking it on. And, um, you know, what's really been, I think, most encouraging, I've been on the job about 20 months. Um, what's been most encouraging is I, what I feel is alignment of the business community, um, alignment with the philanthropic community, alignment um, with our municipal officials mm -hmm. and our, our city staffs. Um, I think all are in agreement that something needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's on me and my organization to really help put some context and define what that is, you know, what what can be done. What and, solutions and what, are there? What are yeah. the solutions that we need to um, we need to explore? For yeah. sure. When it comes to uh, I think educating folks on yeah. exactly how we address those things. Um, you said something I think that's great, which is the fact that you do have all of these groups that recognize this as something that needs to be addressed. And it's very rare, especially to have those groups overlapping in common cause, right? Yeah. You don't often see nonprofits with businesses, with city governments all coming together and saying, yeah. hey, this is something that affects all of us. Let's fix it. Uh, and something that I think is pretty unique with Northwest Arkansas right now is you kind of touched on this when it comes to infrastructure and things like that. Uh, we really have uh, a problem reaching some of those far reaching areas. Yeah. But I also think we have a problem in convincing some of those folks that are in areas right now to put up with, let's say, some of the construction that's needed to try and fix the issues yeah. too, mm -hmm. yeah. it's very much so. Uh, well, yeah, I want you to fix the issue, but build that over there. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and it's why are you coming in my NIMBY, neck not in yeah. my backyard? Yeah. <laughs> and so, how do we begin addressing these issues yeah. uh, from just a broad standpoint? And then, how do we begin educating folks on, I guess, the net well-being and the net growth that can happen if they're willing to 
kind of help suffer together as a, a community to make this stuff happen? Yeah, so um, the the first, really the first two hires, the only two hires to, to date that I've made are on the communication side. Mm-hmm. And that was very intentional because I think that work is really just going to take some time. Um, this is a new challenge in our region. The solutions are new. Um, so it's just going to take some time for not only for us to get the word out, but once someone receives the message to kind of grapple with it and, and come to terms that um, it's not something to fear. Um, the growth is inevitable mm-hmm. and it's really about managing and channeling that growth in a way that, that benefits us all. So um, we're nearing the end of a uh, ad campaign. You know, I saw our billboard on 49 on my mm-hmm. way up here today. Um, we're, we're, we've done a lot of digital outreach. Um, we're, we're running on, on cable stations. Um, but we're also showing up at our local farmer's markets. We, yeah. have, we have a tent. Mm-hmm. You were um, at the community showcase. Yeah, we were at yeah. the community showcase. Um, we have some amazing interns, and they wear shirts that say, do you want to talk housing? And um, that's what we're doing. We're talking housing. And again, getting to, and I should have mentioned this when I kind of listed those who I think are in support, but we have done, I want to say near 15 community Mm -hmm. events. Um, We've engaged with several thousand people. Yeah, I'm going down to Fayetteville for one tomorrow. Through those those Mm -hmm. events. Um, And I mean, I can count on one hand the number of people that have opposed our work. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that NIMBYs are not going to show up <laughs> when, when and the dirt oppose. starts to get turned. Yes. Yes. But. yes. I mean right now, of course, you know, we all we all want a, a livable, you know, vibrant, welcoming community. But, you know, do I want it out my back door? I those questions will be asked. But my hope is when that question enters that individual's mind, they will at least be armed with some education right. and have some understanding as to why, you know, a townhome development is being proposed next to a single family home neighborhood. Right. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to come with with large apartment buildings, large skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. It can be townhomes. It can be duplexes and triplexes. Right. Because every home that we're able to to say a say a triplex, as opposed to a single family home, you know, there's two two units, there's two homes right. that don't have to be built with a long commute and mm-hmm. with with a long long distance from kind of the center of of our our commercial activity. Um, so I also think you know where this is going to be proposed could reduce the NIMBY and the opposition mm-hmm. in that, you know, when I'm not sure where you gentlemen live, but um, if you take Walnut through, through Rogers, if you take Walton Boulevard in Bentonville, mm-hmm. if you take College in, in Fayetteville, if you take Sunset in Springdale, every one of our municipalities has this corridor, mm-hmm. right? That no one lives on. <laughs> <laughs> it's only there for commercial activity. Yes. And whatever is in your mind right now of, of when I mentioned those corridors, that that structure, that traffic pattern is all nearing its its end of its useful life. Yes. 
Oh, it's there. <laughs> it's there. In some Significant <laughs> portions of these corridors are in need to see their next life. And our work, you know, with the cities, and the cities are aware of this. Yeah. You know, they they sense this. Um, but I think the cities need to be prepared. So when a developer comes in with a new idea for that strip mall, um, it can include housing. I'm not saying it must be housing, right. but it should just be on the table. And I, I'd like to think that, you know, an old single-story strip mall that was built in the 60s, that our community would actually welcome, you know, maybe a bit of a mixed-use um, approach where there is some housing on maybe the second and third floor, maybe the retail on the ground remains. Right. But we could start to bring, you know, some livability to those corridors. And, you know, I, I often like to highlight too that that our public transit is is really trying to operate with maybe not just one hand tied behind his back, but two. And that you need to travel to the transit line to access the transit. Mm -hmm. Right. So those corridors are natural places for us to run regular bus service and and run it in a way that people can rely on it and build their day-to-day lives around it. But if you're not living there, you know, if it's not convenient, then, you know, you're going to buy an inexpensive car and take on that burden and that just more wear and tear on the roads, more yes. maintenance, it just it becomes more and more expensive yes. for the cities to keep up. So it's my hope that the placement of where a lot of this work will take place will naturally um, lead to, to less opposition. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I think so. And I think you guys have done a very good job. I and mean, the material is out there. The information is there. Um, and just knowing, you know, the, the speaker series that you guys do, the, the public facing events that you guys are, are present at talking about it. I mean, the outreach is there. Um, and, and I mean, it was a big, big splash uh, when you when you rebranded and, and came out <laughs> instead of the Workforce Housing Center, you know, to be groundwork. I mean, that was people were talking about it and yeah. like, oh, that's what they're doing. And then the, the announcement for the uh, the Big Emma project yep. in, in Springdale, mm-hmm. that's... Could you explain for those that might not be familiar what that project is yeah. and, and y'all's involvement in, you know, what, what it's going to be? Yeah, so um, I, I, I guess I could start from the beginning. It's a kind of a natural place. Um, <laughs> the, the planning director of Springdale, uh, Patsy Christie, um, I got a phone call from her, and she's, you know, like, hey, you know, there's this... Downtown Springdale is in an opportunity zone, yes. which, um, for those of you who aren't aware, an opportunity zone allows um, someone to to take capital gains, <clears throat> excuse me, so say, sell some stock, mm-hmm. take those gains, put it in the opportunity zone. If they hold that money in the opportunity zone, they get it returned at the end of a 10-year term tax-free. Yes. Uh, they also, and the growth is tax-free, They too. also, the appreciation on it is is tax-free. So this was a um, an, an effort of the previous administrations to, to get targeted investment in areas throughout our country um, that needed that new investment. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so Patsy called and said, hey, you know, we have this op- the Springdale Opportunity Zone group. They own this land. They're not sure what to do with it. They would really like it to incorporate some level of workforce or attainable housing you all should meet. That led to me and the developer meeting. Um, you know, I really liked their approach. Mm-hmm. They already had it virtually approved by the city. Um, they had architecture. Um, but where 
what I saw missing in that was an organization that would would play a supportive role kind of on the affordable and attainable housing side. Right. And it led me to reach out to CDNWA, Community Development Northwest Arkansas, um, and I brought them to the equation. And as it turns out, um, you know, the owner of that project and the owner of that land was open to selling the project outright to CDNWA. Right. Um, so we helped facilitate that. Um, and we're also bringing about a third, 30% or so of the total development cost um, of that project uh, to the project. It's going to be very patient, you know, low interest capital. Right. But the idea is that, that we're sort of buying in a level of affordability. So with long, patient capital, the developer, owner, and operator is able to compress a percentage of the unit's rents to meet um, someone in our workforce's, um, you know, uh, affordability level. Um, Those will be affordable at workforce levels for the next 50 years. Um, We we expect to break (laughs) ground um, in the next uh, 60 days, and um, it should be complete and operational in kind of mid-25. And what what I'm most excited about is the location. It's right on Emmett Avenue. Downtown Springdale is just about to see investment, like maybe like it never has. I would agree. Um, Yeah, you know the Luther George Park is is undergoing a full redo, Um, but at least these thirty three units in a seventy seven unit building um, will be provided for workforce earners um, for the next fifty years, and that's that's locked in with a, a deed restriction. So, um, you know, CDNWA, um, I I cannot foresee a scenario where they have to sell the building. Right. But even if they did, that deed restriction would survive that sale. It goes through the sale, And those those units are going to remain there. That, I mean, at 33, I mean, it sounds like a drop in the bucket because it is, but (laughs) it's it's, it's something. It's not even. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a flick, you know, (laughs) like, but but it's starting somewhere. And people are now being able to say, okay, well, groundwork helped facilitate this. So now we can go and maybe reach out if they're thinking about doing some multifamily development or mixed use or whatever. Um, And and I like the point that you brought up about, you know, those corridors. Mm-hmm. And all of the things that were there, you just have, you know, every every city has it where you just have that yep. commercial only strip when it's just, you know, they have big, huge parking lots that, you, you know, you could move that building up a little bit and maybe put some little townhomes back behind yeah. there, you yeah. know, and, and keep that. So there, there are opportunities. And I, I do appreciate that the city of Rogers is working on addressing yep. their coding. Uh, and, and zoning restrictions to allow for some things like that moving in the future and select pockets of creating yeah. that pocket density and um, doing a lot there. So that's going to that's gonna help because it's it, it really seems like it's a supply and demand issue. It absolutely. Uh, we is. just don't have the supply. Yeah. And this that's that's the, the nationwide story is, you know, we just, our development has not kept up for a variety of reasons with our population growth. And, um, you know, we are totally approaching this as a production mm-hmm. challenge. Um, you know, I, I I caution against, you know, there's just a handful of policymakers that have given a little thought to, like, you know, tinkering with, say, uh, the rents and, you know, uh, through a regulatory approach, compressing rents. And, and at this stage, 
we ju- we can't do that. I mean, right. we, we've we've got to build our way out of this, and um, you know, if if it, it, we've got to ensure that the policy is good and it matches our growth. And I'll say to your comment about Rogers and their um, transect oriented plan, which um, is just really exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know I took this work. Have a background in real estate with a big, giant uh, REIT, you know, real estate conglomerate in Denver, and I worked on the the policy side in DC. Um, and zoning, I took a land use and zoning class in law school, um, but that was kind of the limit of my understanding. And right. this idea of transect zoning was was new to me. And I remember meeting with John McCurdy, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Rogers, planning director, and him. Kind of stepping me through it, and I was like, "Oh, okay." (laughs) I, you know, had that light bulb moment where, you know, essentially, if you think of a a bullseye or a dartboard, we're Mm -hmm. gonna the city of Rogers is going to be made up of a series of these bullseyes, and as you move away from the center of that bullseye, it gets less and less dense, it gets less concentrated, the development, Mm -hmm. and and it gives you an opportunity to identify the areas where you really want that concentration of, of development and activity. Um, but it will allow, you know, getting back to kind of this mixed use of people living, people working, people mm-hmm. um, having recreational opportunities in and around those. But at the same time, it, it preserves our green and natural space and open space and trails. So yeah. it's, it's, I'm really excited to see um the final product, but I think they're on a really good path. Yeah, it, it's going to be really good, and we've we've gotten so much input from the builder community as well, not like the, the engineering firms, the developers themselves. So we got you know this isn't just like a, a fly by night thing. I mean, this has been multi years in the works to get get this going, and so we're we're very excited to see uh, the the final plans that yeah. that comes out, and just how much that's going to spur development yeah. within the city, specifically on the housing side, because there's what eight thousand units under construction right now in. in the region yeah it's actually i think it's uh closer to eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand have wow. have been announced or Jeez. are underway <laughs> in the planning now, process now yeah. you know i always feel like there should be an asterisk by that announced because just because something's announced does not mean right. it's going to be built um you know i can rattle off the top of my head a handful of projects that um have been announced and I know darn well, like they're not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> right. Yeah. In like an eight percent interest environment, you know, equities never been more expensive. Right. Uh, those projects aren't getting built. That, but, that's what we say is, uh, you know, we, we we don't trust that the build that the business is open or that the project is closed until we like cut the ribbon. That's like, right. That's <laughs> right. I want to interject just real quick. First off, and for those who don't know at home, I'm sitting here with two workforce and housing development uh, experts, and I went to college to learn how to draw. So <clears throat> there's a little bit of a steep learning curve for but, me when but it comes look at to that how logo, to... man. <laughs> so uh, but... I was. I, this doesn't instill confidence, but. I was a journalism major. <laughs> Broadcast um, communications. Yeah, there, so, we yeah. there we go. There you go. I, you know, the uh, stuff though that I really wanted to hit on. Um, we were talking about how you get this messaging across. You've right. got those communications folks, and especially as it pertains to the NIMBY crowd that we were we were discussing. I think the Big Emma project to circle back to that yep. is imperative because you're going to be able to pinpoint uh, an area that is successful in 
many facets mm -hmm. that I don't think people are recognizing. So when you're mentioning these corridors uh, need easier access to public transportation, yeah. what you mean by that too is not just that buses show up more often, but that people are closer to said bus stops and live close by yep. so that they can use it. Yep. This solves that. This has yep. more folks that are going to be available at a corridor space that yeah. can then take public transportation, which then lessens the traffic that some of these folks are now complaining about. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, you now have a very nice look. Like, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go check out. You have a great video on your website yeah, that details you. what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, you have architectural plans, how it came together. It's fantastic. Um, so if folks haven't seen it, go take a look at it. I mean, it's it's going to go in and, and match well with the revitalization in downtown Springdale. Yeah. So you're going to have uh, increased curb appeal, which then increases uh, the the love and, and kind of attraction of your city mm -hmm. for outside workforce groups who want to then come in and take a look at things that way. And yeah. you're not just looking at the empty strip malls like you were talking yeah. about and this, that, and the other. And then on top of all of that... Uh, because of this revitalization that's happening in downtown Springdale, you are adding to it not just a, a community space, not just another business that's going to have trouble filling in the workforce. And this, you're actually providing a space for people to lay down roots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All three of those main points are being brought together yeah. by this one project. Yeah. And so for anyone who has an issue with construction happening in my backyard or or what have you, I want to point to projects like that and say, like, this is the stuff that's going to alleviate, you know, any other complaint that you probably have yeah. about infrastructure and <laughs> right. what is happening around town. Yeah. These are the things that are going to help solve it. Totally. Totally. And that's the kind of stuff that, that I love hearing about and why I think your uh, group's work I think you were right to hire the communications people right off the bat. Like getting those folks out there. To, Not that to, you're biased or anything, but <laughs> Not that I'm biased or anything, but uh, again, drawer. I wasn't journalism or broadcasting, you know, I went to, you know, college to draw and all that. But no, like I think that was where uh specifically with y'all's work, it's it's going to pay off dividends down the line. Um because you do have so many folks around here, especially like the lifetime Northwest Arkansas folks who a lot of them are happy to see the development, but a lot of them are also the folks that are like, you know, no, nah, I, I like the bike trails. Just don't don't put it back there. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, that's how I think we're going to alleviate that is by yeah. having programs that just show folks the the good benefits to having these kinds of things around. Yeah. And it's it's really telling the story and and just kind of closing the loop with folks on how this impacts their everyday life. Right. You know, um, when you go to a restaurant and they're only seating half the restaurant, you know, like... Or we, they're, we they're not open at lunch because not they don't have, that's lunch. revenue they're losing. You know, mm -hmm. at, at some point, that staff is not going to make the commitment um, to that business or that, that company... Mm -hmm. That there they had been right, and you know that will impact all of our lives, no matter you know where you are on the economic uh, spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, I think the same applies to the roadway. You know, I mean, I, I often will refer to the roadway as like the great equalizer. Right. You know, it doesn't care your income when that light turns red, you're expected to stop. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know if we can just like you know if we can include slightly denser development closer to our downtowns that does not um mean we need to build two homes on the outskirt right if we can get a few folks 
living along transit lines that can rely on that public transportation as their source of transportation, suddenly we're peeling cars off the road right. and we all benefit. But mm -hmm. I think it's closing that loop of understanding mm -hmm. um, that is, it, and it's underway. And I think, I think people get it. Um, I, I also think, you know, there is something in this region about, you know, we, we, we just collectively kind of look, look after each other. Yeah. Um, you know, when you raise the question of, you know, shouldn't our kids teacher be able to live in the district that they serve or, you know, our firefighters, firefighters it's yeah. like, well, yeah, of course they should, you know? And it's like, that that's where we need to take it though. And I think we need to spell it out in mm -hmm. those terms um, to get people to understand um, who we're talking about and, and who's currently not being included in our communities. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and, and the, the, the secondary and, you know, third level effects that, that keep going down, you know, you talk about like firefighters, EMS, you know, not living, not being able to afford to live in the communities they serve. Well, that has secondary impacts you might not think about, or like, you know, you're out to dinner, somebody experiences a heart attack you have zero chance of yeah. a first responder being in that room at that yeah. point, you know? I mean, so it's, you, you have a lot of issues like that. And then this goes back to the episode we did uh, that, that we just released today talking about childcare and early yeah. childhood education. That's a, a barrier for work for, or for working for a lot of people, but it's because the childcare workers can't afford to live yeah. in the communities. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's why we have a lack of, of, of not quality, but a lack of affordable care as well. So, I mean, it, it all impacts that. And I know the business community is very focused on that just yeah. because, you know, it, it's no longer a game of just selling goods and services. It's all about talent now yeah. and being able to recruit top talent. It, that's what those companies are after. And if you just can't get them here, then, you know, or bring in new uh, up and comers and train yeah. them up and bring them up with those, you know, co college graduates and things. But if if they can't afford to be here, then it's, it's a barrier. Yeah. And it's gonna it's gonna hurt the company. Worse yet, you recruit them, you get them here. You're you know this close to having them sign the dotted line. They get here and literally have no place to stay. Yeah. Right. Like you yeah. know, I yeah. mean, because we're also uh, seeing uh, apartment you know. Uh, fulfillment rates that are at the 98, 99%. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred. There's always you know, some yeah. transition yeah. going on. Yeah, they on, always have that one room that they show people, you know, <laughs> right, like that's, right. that's fully set, that's you know, yeah. got everything set up. Like, I think that's the 1% that they've got at most of those places. But like, yeah, I mean, that, there's so many places like that that are just they open and I swear it's like one month and it's it's full up already. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean it's crazy. Oh, they releasing. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how they do that. Well, and I, I think this is you know a, a story that Dr. Debbie Jones, the superintendent of the Bentonville schools, mm -hmm. um, you know she's talked about publicly at school board and her motivation for the the school district exploring building on school district property. Yes, is she literally the last two summers had teachers who accepted contracts, came to Northwest Arkansas, started looking for a home and said, you know what, I'm going to stay where, where I am because mm -hmm. I can't afford to live there. Yeah. And they weren't willing to, you know, make that concession of in, in their lifestyle that, you know, is going to come with a 30 minute commute to and from school every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that's where, I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but you know, I am. This work is a new work stream of the Northwest Arkansas Council. Yes, and I think, you know, it's been told to me that uh, you know this is really a response to the the HR departments who are 
experiencing this, they're hearing these stories, they're, they're working through these challenges of recruiting and even retaining talent. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the appeal of recruiting someone from a coastal city who, you know, may have a significant amount of money, um, and equity to pull out of a home to reinvest in a home here. And then suddenly they realize, um, that's not going to go quite as far as I had in expected right. and you know i think they're doing an uh, um, their own analysis their own household analysis and questioning whether that's that's the right move yeah so. no it, it it's you know you mentioned the the thing in bentonville i mean that that's a really cool concept really really unique thing of being able to build teacher housing and i know rogers has, has had some conversations behind the yep. scenes about that um, you know that we're having conversations about what can we do can we use school property for child care for teachers yep. um, having facilities there so I know that those are those are things that we're trying to work on and trying to fix but we you know we're coming up on time here yeah. so I just you know kind of as a, as a closing question are there any communities that maybe we're benchmarking against that you're like all right they're they're doing it or <laughs> like some best practices because <laughs> I saw that the the median home home price in Austin actually went down 20 yeah. percent I don't know if that's everybody just trying to flee to get away from there and moving up here or <laughs> they, they finally experienced an austin summer and you know yeah yeah second guess that it decision. took an el nino for that, to happen, <laughs> for that yeah, yes right. then they they all fled mm -hmm. well come to northwest arkansas we're, we're still open for business uh we're, we're working on the housing um you know i get this question quite often and i think there are components um of this work that are being done very well across the country you mm -hmm. know there is not a silver bullet to fixing no, absolutely this. not um success is is compounding small percentages so you know we make some zoning changes maybe we get two percent more housing production mm -hmm. uh we pair that um with with some very very favorable uh lending and financing maybe we get another two or three percent suddenly we're at five seven percent change over you know what was in place um and that's where you start to have the impact um <clears throat> you know we we look at cities of similar size um they are facing similar issues i don't think to the same degree no we are um home prices over the last three years this came out in the state of the region um a couple weeks ago you know went up 75 percent mm -hmm. between 2019 and 2022 um God. and that outpaces <laughs> all of our sister cities uh the cities that i am looking at um they are the austins mm -hmm. the charlottes the nashvilles um who have already gone through this and i think are playing catch up yeah um i you know this is I've asked people in Austin this, you know, was there someone sitting in my chair in Austin when you were this size? And there there wasn't. Right. Um I've I've been told. Uh, I haven't done that research. <laughs> Just, let me qualify that. Well, uh, but uh, even the phrase workforce housing is it, still a new concept, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was called affordable housing for so long and that, you know, had negative connotations with it, you know, yeah. like government funded, you know, section 8, um things like that. So I mean, just even this concept is still people you say, "Oh yeah, we're doing workforce housing." Like what? And yeah. speak, maybe, maybe they're building they're, a house next door. Right. Right. Let's, let's let's house like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We I, I brought this some builders happen. with me. <laughs> yeah. um, I travel. Duke, Duke I travel. Crew. Yeah. I travel That's with right. the crew. That's right. But, Groundwork happening right here, <laughs> right, man. Right. Just everywhere I go. Um, 
But but what I like to highlight, you know, when I look at those cities is the fact that Austin was the same size as Northwest Arkansas in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville was the same size as Northwest Arkansas in 1989. Mm-hmm. Charlotte was the same size as us in 1994. Um, both Austin and Charlotte are around 2.2 million or so right now. So where's our NFL team? Come and on. It, it's, it's coming. It's coming. We're starting with USL. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, soccer's gonna be great. Uh, one of the Waltons just bought one, so just give it time, oh, yeah. Steve. Give it time. I did. Somebody did ask me that. They're like, "So do you think the Broncos are gonna move to Northwest Arkansas?" I'm like, what? and you responded with, "Do you want the Broncos to move to Northwest?" <laughs> The way Russell Wilson's playing, yeah, it's like maybe <laughs> tanking. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do no, that. No, no, no. It's but but to your point, you know, there are zoning enhancements that you know I am am socializing through the municipalities. Um, there are design, you know, um, technologies and enhancements that the, that the development community I think is is exploring. Um, so I, I think all of those best practices are at least being presented throughout the region. Mm-hmm. And um, for the most part, you know, people are at least paying attention and and um, open to those conversations. Yeah. I think you said it earlier where you talked about how like Northwest Arkansas works together. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't have a lot of like infighting between cities and things like that. And, and truly, I mean, because, of, you know, the Northwest Council kind of does a lot for that. But I mean, it was founded by... Sam Walton, Don Tyson, and J.B. Hunt, and the three of them are the reason why we have an airport. They're yep. the reason why we have 49. Like, it, they worked together. They didn't see themselves as as competition or anything. They were like, we they by working together, they all benefited their yeah. businesses individually. And and I think that's something that it, it's just the magic of Northwest Arkansas is yeah. we, we truly do look at a problem as regional issues yeah. and not, oh, well, that's a Springdale thing or yeah. that's, you know, that's a Tawny Town thing. It's, no, like, this is all Northwest Arkansas. We're going to rise and fall together yeah and so we're, we're on an upward trajectory that's for sure we, so. are. we are last question real yeah. quick and then we'll we'll cut it short anyone who's looking at trying to move here and they hear all the stuff that we've been talking about anything that your group tells them to do first and foremost as they start looking for places to go um i would say um be patient um i think uh you know in the immediate i i I can't offer a whole lot of help, a whole lot of support yet, but help is on the way. You know, don't let this moment in time um, deter your interest in Northwest Arkansas. You know, um, real estate does take some time to get developed, but um, I think we're on a on a great path, a great trajectory, and um, I think just in the you know coming months, not years, mm-hmm. uh, we will start to have that impact. And um, there will be a place for you to call home in Northwest Arkansas. And for folks looking uh, at just what's happening, I want to just reemphasize again, Duke McClarty here is with us from Groundwork NWA. They've got a lot of stuff on their website, as well as the full, we mentioned the the NWA Council has a lot of resources out there specifically for folks who are looking to move here. Mm -hmm. Definitely take all of that uh, uh, when you... Uh, take into account when you're trying to move here. I'll make sure to put those links uh, underneath when we publish the the episode and go from there. And, and um, don't forget the shameless plug of the uh, the destination Good Life Destination Guide. That's right, yeah. Good Life Destination <laughs> Guide, to you by the Destination Rogers. Rogers. <laughs> yeah, both of those are, are going to be huge things for you guys to take a look at. Uh, but yeah, I just want to thank you, Duke, for being here and, oh, and helping us out. Yeah. Again, I know uh, you know Steve's a nerd for all of this kind of stuff uh, and, and all time. that, but it's definitely this was one of the more educational ones for me, just having to take a look at it because. 
is yeah i'm I, when it comes to housing, I'm just I go with what my wife says. You know, <laughs> I like this one. Okay, let's. That's yes, what we're doing. We're we doing like it. That. All right, that's what we've got here. So, I really appreciate you being here. You. And uh, Steve, I'm going to pass it back off to you to do our closing. But I also want to give one last plug in for podcastvideos.com. Again, thank you guys for hosting us, for providing this fantastic setup for us. Uh, Steve and I again continue to be spoiled as we show up. Yes, uh, it's it's. Just push, having push a nice button operation. We we don't we, we actually don't even push the button. We just we literally just sit here and <laughs> That's talk. That's right, and, which is a big distraction for me because the button's nice and pretty here. Whereas in our old office, it was very much so just kind of monotone gray. You know, the wood paneling and everything in the the 1950s shag carpet really just put a damper on certain things. But yes, yeah, Steve, back to you to do our closing. Thank you very much. Well, uh, again, thank you again to podcastvideos.com for being a sponsor for the uh, for, for the Voice of Business podcast. And, you know, this uh, this is an issue that didn't develop overnight. It's not going to get fixed overnight. It, it's just like with, with workforce development, so much of my role at the chamber. Um, it, it took, you know, decades for it to get here, and it's going to take some time for it to fix. But at least people aren't just ignoring the problem. People like Duke and the Northwest Council and Groundwork and, and CDNWA, like they're, they're being proactive to try to bring about change and so that's that's really what the the message it's not all doom and gloom there's you know there are there are there are lights at the end of the tunnel there are silver linings on this cloud so um so again thank you thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you next time on the uh, voice of business podcast that's right make sure you subscribe like comment share we've got this thing coming out on all of the channels uh from spotify apple soundcloud google youtube amazon you name it we are probably there Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time.